Solve the World, Episode 14, Men and Women in Black. Sign this, your initial here, your signature here, and the date. Jen perused the multi-page document. There was no desk in the room, only an awkwardly tall bench for Jen to half-heartedly lean against. This is all in lawyer speak. What does it say? It's regulation. You have to sign it. I'm not signing something I don't understand. The uniformed official, Secret Service maybe, whispered something, twitching his neck to an angle ever so slightly. Jen surmised from this that he was taking orders out of an earpiece. Whatever the case, Jen couldn't make any sense out of the whispers. This document simply confirms that you have not been mishandled in our acquisition of you. Acquisition? Magical Kingdom has a binding agreement with the United States of America that any employee under Magical Kingdom's auspices and or payroll may be held as a contemptible combatant and interrogated by Magical Kingdom's Security Authorization and Prevention Act. Jen began to sign the document, relegating herself to the reality that she wasn't going to get anything understandable out of this man in black. Pausing on the last page of the document, Jen said, What's this? The date. I know, but the time says 6 a.m. Jen wasn't sure what time it was. Everything happened so fast once Antonio ended her long wait. She figured she couldn't have been with Dan Coniel for longer than an hour. She'd been amazed at how fast security turned up once she screamed. And within moments, two men in black, both pointing pistols at the forsaken couple, handcuffed them and threw each into isolation chambers. At least Jen assumed Antonio was biding his time in a similar isolation chamber. She hoped he was. Jen figured it had been about an hour as well since she'd been apprehended. So, at the latest, Jen figured it was 2.30 in the morning. So why then was this document marked for three and a half hours in the future? By 6 a.m. we will have exhausted our interrogation techniques. Okay, she signed what she needed to sign. The man took the papers and exited the only door visible. The room was a bore. No color, just gray. And no one-way mirror like in all the movies. No commander-in-chief to yell at. All one could do was wait. And so, Jen waited. She was too unnerved to think how inappropriate this all was. She was a near-rape victim, and here she was being treated like she was on trial for treason. Fortunately, this moment's wait wasn't very long. A woman in black bounded through the door, fresh with a clipboard. I'm going to make this very clear. The venom with which the stranger said these words put Jen instantly on edge. You will sign this. She handed the clipboard to Jen. One page. Just a few sentences. You will give me one signature, and the shape of the rest of your life is dependent on you staying true to that signature. Do you understand? Do I have a choice? A rueful smile. Yes, you have a choice. But every choice comes with consequences. Not all consequences are evil. To ensure you understand, I will read the document to you. Jen happened to glance up and notice a camera peering down at her from the corner of the room. Her eyes followed the wall's edge until she discovered a second camera at the other corner. Jen wasn't about to turn her head, but she was willing to bet that all four corners of the room housed cameras spying down at her. In accordance with Section A-1 of Magical Kingdom's Security and Prevention Act, in the particular event of the veneration celebration due to be revealed on November 1st, the sign below will not speak of the yet unrevealed aspects of the celebration before the occurrence of the date. The sign below will not speak or give reference in any form, manner, way, whether it be written, acted out, penned, whispered, mouthed, or led to anyone, anywhere, concerning the unrevealed. 
Under the law of magical kingdom ordinances, as well as the still binding law of the United States of America, any utterance of the unrevealed in any way, whether it is as specifically stated above in a conventional manner or in any manner unstated, including any and all technologies either currently present or heretofore yet invented, the sign below will be held accountable to the utmost degree and charged with treason for revealing unlawfully a national treasure. Therefore, the sign below will be charged with a violation of national security and may be executed as a traitor to the state. The sign understands the gravity of this information and will not break her own oath. The woman in black exhaled, then pointed and finished. I, state your name, will hold myself accountable to the statement of this document. I will not be treasonous either to Magical Kingdom or the United States of America. If it is found that I have broken my own signature, I authorize the state to prosecute me to the full extent of the law. Write your name in the space provided and sign here. Mm-mm. No, I... I don't think I want to do this. I don't want to sign. I never meant to see anything. I was just on a date. He said he wanted to show me something. I had no intention of discovering anything. Honest. It was an awful document. Jen never imagined that such things existed. Documents that held a person accountable to the point of death. And what if someone blackmailed her? She could be executed. For nothing. If at all possible, it behooved her very much to wiggle out of signing this indiscretion. Is this your decision? Are you choosing not to sign this document? Jen held firm. Yes. Absolutely. I won't sign that. Robotically, the woman said, Look me in the eye. Tell me what you choose. Remember, every decision you make here has consequences. Not all consequences are equal. Look me in the eye and tell me what you choose. If she signed it, she'd be bound again. Bound to this document. Bound to Magical Kingdom. Bound to not tell its secrets. But she was already bound to the Patriot. There was no choice there. She had to tell him. Her debt required payment. If she signed this putrid clipboard, she'd be indebted also to these strangers. These people of the shadows. These cameras. Not signing was the wiser choice. The safer option. The only honest way forward. Jin stared rebelliously back at the beady little eyes of the woman and said, I choose not to sign. Very well and the woman marched out the door carrying the calamitous clipboard with her. Alone again. Jen was nervous. She stood up. She glared up at the cameras. Twirling to her back, she quickly spied out that indeed there were two cameras out of her rear. Four cameras for a little bitty room like this. Seemed a bit overkill. Then again, all of this seemed way over the top. A thought rushed in then. Maybe the woman was off conferring with some officials. Maybe she was grabbing a second, sign this if you won't sign the other document. Both the man and the woman strode through that door. They didn't use any keys, so perhaps it was unlocked. Maybe Jen could get out of here, just by bum-rushing the door. If she got out of here intact, she could find a way to get to the Patriot. He'd protect her. Since she was giving him what he wanted, he'd protect her from these uniforms, from these walls, from Antonio de Anconia. All she had to do was push through that door. Jen visualized it. What lay past that door? Surely another corridor. Probably like the one Antonio and her entered through. Most likely that meant more security codes. What was the code Antonio said? Limitless consignment Russian supreme with a bunch of numbers? Ah, too many words. Too much. Plus, even if she managed to get the audio right, there was still the code he dialed in and the thumb detector. She could easily go through the door and find herself trapped. That wouldn't look good. It certainly wouldn't help her cause. What with all the talk of choices and subsequent consequences. 
And then there was the possibility that she goes through the door into a hallway and chooses a door that leads to Antonio. What would he do to her if he could get his hands on her now? Jen wasn't sure, but her fear told her that he might do something horrible. If he was willing to violate her before, what would he be willing to do now? Maybe kill her? That fear held Jen in place. The men in black came back, both of them, the original two that initially separated her and Antonio. One held a syringe, the other handcuffs. There wasn't much time. Overwhelmed, Jen cowered. The handcuff-wielding man scooped Jen up like a ragdoll. The other yanked the stool and slammed it against the back wall. The big man carried Jen over towards the back and then plopped her back onto the stool at the back of the room. He took her left hand and cuffed her to the stool bar. He seconded the action with another set with her right hand, leaving Jen pinned to the stool with her arms splayed out vulnerably. Syringe man approached Jen, searching for a vein. What are you... what are you doing? Jen said, suppressing panic. He said nothing. The handcuffed man brushed Jen's hair back, seemingly examining it for ticks or lice. The other found the vein, flicked it twice, then pierced Jen with the needle. The liquid he squeezed in looked to be a clear plasma. What is that? What is that? What is that? What is that? Jen's fear was taking over. Thoughts of death rattled through her body. For an instant, Jennifer Dash swore this foreign enemy was ravaging itself up her arm and bloodstream. It was a venom. She was dying. She was dying. She was dying. You're killing me. Why? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why? Why are you doing this? Jen's plea came out like a desperate child, hungry and completely broken by the world. You signed the document. It was all in there, replied the syringe man. But she didn't sign it. But I didn't sign it! I didn't sign it! The first set of papers. You signed it willingly. She did. The one that said she was theirs until 6 a.m. Dear God. Was it 6 yet? Was dawn breaking? All the vile liquid now in her blood, the two men left her. Jen tried to rock herself towards the door. Maybe she could walk out still. Stool, handcuffs and all. Maybe. It didn't matter if the doors led to a locked corridor. Anything was worth the risk at this juncture. But as hard as she tried... She couldn't move. The stool was unbearably heavy. It dawned on her then. It was magnetized. That's how the man in black could lift it so carelessly one moment and it be insurmountably unmovable the next. Stupid magnetic world. Jen was alone again. This time, though, there were no delusions. She was being held prisoner against her will by an all-powerful army of evil power mongers. That was this. That was reality. No perception could change this. No dreaming made this failure less apparent. Outplayed, beaten, Jen did the only thing she could do. Wait for the next person in black to take another of her liberties. Jennifer the Broken. Jennifer the Slave. And back they came. This time, not the two men, but two women. One, the obvious threat that earlier tried to get her to sign on the dotted line, and this new villain holding scissors and a razor.
The clipboard woman smiled an ugly, malicious smile. Did I not tell you that decisions have consequences? The newer of the two women approached Jen and said, This won't hurt as long as you stay still. If you jerk, the scissors might stab you. All this evil was more than could be bared. Paralysis. Jen didn't move. The latter woman in black began to cut locks of Jen's hair off. Tears ballooned in Jen's eyes before rolling down her round cheeks. She cried as the stranger cut off her gorgeous hair. She couldn't stop. Rolls and rolls of tears. No sobs. No movement. Just quiet tears. Jennifer Dash cried. In Holland, many women prostituted themselves out to the occupying Nazis. They thought they'd better join up with the winning side. They chose. They made their decisions. They signed on the Nazis' dotted line. And you know what the Dutch did to them once they were free from the German vermin? For starters, they cut off their hair. They took away their beauty. You refused to sign a document simply stating that you wouldn't betray Magical Kingdom. How can we interpret that other than you making clear to us your plans of turning around and betraying the company that's been so good to you? The company that made you a queen among men. So, you made your decision. Now you face the consequences. We will not have you stealing secrets. To prove how serious we are, how treacherous the waters are that you now wade in remain. We're taking your hair. It is beautiful, isn't it? From the moment I laid eyes on you, I understood why they chose you to be Cleopatra. A young lady with that hair? Beautiful is the only word. Your beauty, all bound up in your hair like Samson's power, is shed now. The latter woman began using her electric razor to get right down to the scalp. The floodgates of Jen's eyes continued to pour. After this unfortunate situation completes itself, that is to say, after your beauty has left your once pretty little head, I'll be returning with the document, and you will sign it. You're growing up. You're experiencing what the world is really like. That's a privilege. Many people go their whole lives without ever understanding that simplest lesson that life has to offer us. I believe it was Newton that first saw how life works. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. With that sentiment hanging in the air, the smug woman in black exited. Woman in black number two took a few more minutes to polish up her work. Then, like a bad dream, like a filthy mirage in the desert, she too left through the lone door. Jen was alone, pinned to a stool, with her hair lying dead in a circle about her on the floor. Every time they came, those people... They took something from her. Signatures were just the beginning. What would they take next? Jen didn't have any cards to play. She was beaten. Broken Jennifer. Jennifer the broken. Jennifer the hairless. If she would have had free hands, she would have felt at her head to tell her fingers what baldness felt like. All those dirty blonde locks littering the floor. What a shame. 
Door open. Woman in black returned. Clipboard in hand. Will you sign this? Jen nodded. She didn't want to speak. The woman turned around and left. A moment later, man in black returns. Are you right or left-handed? Jen motioned her left. She was right-handed, but she wanted her needle-infected arm free. He followed her motions and uncuffed her left hand. She brought her left arm over to her right fingers, tracing the point of needle penetration with her fingertips. It's a tracking device. What? Jen said out a whisper, always conscious that everything she did in this horrible room seemed to have detrimental reactions. The syringe had tracking units in it. We'll know wherever you are for many months. Don't worry. It won't hurt you. It's just... a precaution. Then he left. Jennifer alone. Jennifer unalone. The woman in black was back. She dropped the clipboard in Jen's lap. Name and sign. Jen's handwriting would be wretched from all this stress alone, but it came out especially illegible from her left hand. Fearful of retribution for her dreadful penmanship, Jen cursed herself for not being ambidextrous. But it didn't matter. Barely glancing at it, the woman snatched it up and left. Jennifer alone. Handcuffed man in black back. Right hand uncuffed. Too weak to move without warrant, just remained still, waiting for the next instruction. It came quickly. You're not to see Antonio de Anconia. You are, however, to continue your post as Cleopatra. How... how can I be Cleopatra like this? The question, which seemed straightforward to Jen, appeared to catch the stranger off balance. He stood silently. And stood. And stood. Jennifer alone, with a silent man. Jen indeed believed she was the biblical Samson, stripped of all power and cunning. Her mind, always battling itself for right away for sole possession of her focus, lay dormant now. She gave up on scheming. This was her lot in life, to be a broken puppet for these well-dressed evil mannequins to torture. She'd go back to being Cleopatra, as they wished, because there was no alternative. There was no other. This was how you failed the world. There was no solution to this equation. It was a rigged game, after all. Evidently receiving confirmation, the man broke the silence by turning about face and exiting. Jennifer alone. Always. Jennifer was always alone. The second woman in black came this time. She held a wig in her hand. A black wig. It looked like it was lifted straight off of the Pulp Fiction set. Here, try this. Jen fitted it on her round head, taking note of the ridges and indents of her skull she never knew. That looks fine. The hair murderer exited. Jennifer alone. She never was anything else. Man in black, number one, inside the room. Stand up. Come with me. Jen didn't stand. She didn't have the heart to. Come on. Interrogation's over. Interrogation's over. Had more joyous words ever been said? Jen's heart came back to life as she mouthed the revelation to herself. Interrogation's over. She sprang to her feet. The man in black pushed the door open for her. She hopped through it. She was through it. Through it. Through it. Another room. No more walls. No four cameras. Man in black followed behind her, and indeed Jen's earlier suppositions were correct. They were in a corridor with several doors ahead as options. Straight ahead, he said. Her heart raced. Blessed freedom almost here. She can smell it. The sweet aroma of the world. Ready to embrace her once more. They got to a door. The man typed in a code. 
another corridor. Straight down, last door to your left. That'll let you out behind Saints Row. You should be able to navigate home from there. Jen sprinted to the door. She pushed it open. And it gave! Glorious moonlight flooded down on her poor soul. Freedom. Jen was free once more. Jen ran. Where to? Who cares? Away from this horrible dungeon. Away from Antonio D'Anconia and his fanciful traps. Away from the hair cutters. She'd never cut her hair again. It'd grow back and she'd love it till the day she died and whisper sweet nothings to it. She was Jennifer Dash, a free child of the night. Jen ran and ran. As she did so, and as she began to feel more and more alive, and subsequently more and more like her scheming self, this thought bubbled to the surface. What do I do now? Her first response was to say nothing. Do nothing. Just be alive. Embrace the night and coming day. Slowly, rational thoughts seeped in. We're only momentarily free, old girl. Veneration celebration is still coming, and so is the reaping, from one party or another. Who cares? That's days away. Let's enjoy this moment, Jen. No, Jen thought, and she stopped in her tracks. No. We can't abuse these precious hours. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. I have to choose, one side or the other. Patriot or Magical Kingdom. Who's safe for Jennifer? Think. Or is there a way to play both sides? Jen searched through every socio-strata ecosystem in her database. What could she use to overcome this? Who could she use? That's when Mrs. Moose and her keys came into focus. Hey everybody, Solve the World is produced by myself, Dante Stack. All the sound effects and music we use for this program are under Creative Commons licenses and can be found on our show notes page at DanteStack.com. I'd like to thank freesound.org and freemusicarchive.org for that material. Hey guys, if you like the program, please help me sustain it by writing a review on iTunes, sharing this program with a friend, or donating on our donations page at DanteStack.com. Thanks! Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Jen's not out of the doghouse yet. She'll need every last witch she has left in order to live to see the sunrise, let alone solve the world. Thank you.